0: Welcome to Cars and Kung Fu, a podcast of two entirely different subjects, totally unrelated. I'm your host, Chris Facenti, and I have my two co hosts with me, Delmar Miner. Hey, guys. And Coven Blackman. How are we doing? All right. So we've had an exciting summer, haven't we, Delmar? Yes, sir, we have. We were able to go uh, summer of 2021, finally get back to a tournament, get back to uh, the Baltimore tournament of the. United States Guoshu Federation, uh, where we got to uh, watch the movie Paper Tigers. Awesome movie. If you haven't
1: seen it, go check it out. You can get it at your local Walmart or Target or pretty much anywhere they sell
0: movies or streaming even. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. I know that I was able to get it there. So uh, we had the unique opportunity to go ahead and interview with the... uh, some of the cast, and the actual writer and director of it. So we've got a few of those clips we'll be playing throughout our podcast. So, Delmar, uh, what did you think about the movie? Without giving away spoilers, obviously, we don't want to do that, but what did you think about the plot of the movie? I honestly think the movie is, and, and this is not me just being a homer,
1: but I do think it's one of the better martial arts movies to come out in the past, I would say five to six years. Um, I think it's very heartfelt. I think people who don't do martial arts can watch the movie and get something out of it. The characters are very relatable. And um, I enjoy it because it has a lot of good moral values and uh, funny moments that I can share with my students. So it's just a movie that everybody can watch and enjoy. And um, the rewatch value is awesome. I've already seen it two or three times, and I enjoy it every single time and I see something different and um yeah so like I said if you haven't seen it you definitely got to watch it.
0: So here's some of our interview clips um I know we asked uh Ron Yun about some of the martial arts that he had studied. So gentlemen we're honored to be here at the at the U.S. Guoshu tournament and Paper Tigers of course was on last night and how do you feel that this movie will impact the Chinese martial arts community? Oh, that's a very broad question. Um,
2: I think at first we really just wanted to be able to tell our story, especially practicing martial arts and growing up in Asian-American communities and Chinatowns, uh, uh, specifically we shot in Seattle. But I think it's kind of a love letter to all of Chinatowns uh, and that cultural center uh, for all, a lot of Asian-Americans in in the United States and Canada or you know, even just anyone that's abroad, really. Um, So we start from there and I think what we'd like to see is just kind of feel like the story is um, somewhat relatable to the Chinese martial arts community, especially that is abroad and kind of feels that experience of of upholding certain values and carrying on certain ideals of what Chinese martial arts is, but also um, giving it kind of a new fresh resonance. I think in the last maybe, you know, 10, 20 years, maybe it's gotten a bad, uh, you know, maybe a Uh, been slagged on you know with MMA and all this other stuff but I think Chinese martial arts has a lot of value still that's really important that we can still hold on to and pass on to our children and so I think that's kind of like hopefully we can kind of relate those uh, um, martial values and not just the martial combat of it all.
3: Yeah I think one of the more pleasurable uh, things that uh, we've you know seen from the reactions of audiences is like ex-martial artists or martial arts uh, sifus to, you know, practitioners, you know, ordinary practitioners that say like, oh man, around our age range, you know, and and they resonate with with um, just, you know, not being as sprout as they were 20 years ago and all that stuff. So for me, that's one of the things that resonated with me. I'm like, oh my God, I feel these guys like, you know, so so uh, for me, having people that felt like they could really relate with the film is is, you know, touches all of us, so. Yeah.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely there is something to like uh, the Sifu uh, being a a father figure, you know, like someone that, you know, you looked up to, you respected just like a father. And I remember, you know, the first time uh, Bao pitched um, this movie to me eight years ago, Um, uh, he asked, you know, well, what would happen today if you knew your uh, uh, master was killed? how would you feel as a person who has a nine to five job who's, you know, a uh, father, husband, like, well, how would you feel? You know? And he was like, Oh my God, of course you would be affected. And then, and then he added on, well, what if it was a mysterious death? Would you look into it? And, you know, and these are just regular questions, you know, like uh, that had nothing to do with being in a Kung Fu movie. It was just the idea of the fact that, you know, this master, uh, this, this teacher figure, is so important to you. And I think that that's just something that's uh, kind of lost today in a lot of action films, you know, like that we kind of lose, you know, the, the idea of relationships and stuff like that. And I think this is why, you know, this movie would resonate with, you know, the Chinese Kung Fu uh, community.
1: Um, what's great about Paper Tigers is all of you guys have done some kind of martial art. So could you maybe tell us what styles you've done and how long you practice?
2: Yeah. So I'm from Seattle. So I started Taekwondo, but especially in Seattle, Bruce Lee uh, had spent a lot of time there, uh, taught a lot of students. So I was able to spend a lot of time kind of learning that lineage of, you know, the Wing Chun and stuff like that. But also, you know, most recently doing some Tai Chi and some, some of the internal styles, and which is great for this body that's getting a little bit <laughs> on in years. And it's wonderful just to be able to have something that's a little bit, um, I guess, more... Um, yeah, I guess a little more uh, my speed at this point in my life. And I think every martial art is almost appropriate for a certain age in life. I kind of believe in that because certain things are a little harder and a little bit uh, uh, more, you know, concuss- you know, ballistic and stuff like that. So at a certain age, it's more more built for that. And I think I'm glad to have trained certain arts at certain stages in my life. And so it's, it's just all continual growth from that.
3: Um, I had a ballet foundation and yeah. uh, jazz tap. Oh, um, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> No, I did dance though, but I um, but, uh, started off Kyokushin and then uh, later learned from some great peers um, uh, that were in different arts from Tang Sudo to Taekwondo to Muay Thai, uh, boxing, uh, Filipino scream, just different kinds of weapons, Hung Gar, Wing Chun.
4: Um, started off uh, Taekwondo as a young kid and then um, transitioned over to another Korean art called Hwarong Do. Um, did that for 12 years and then um, Uh, Yeah, and then, uh, you know, kind of went through the uh, tournament circuit for a while. Um.
0: You know, Delmar, as we were talking in the interview, and we watched the movie, I won't give it away, but, you know, Danny talks about his secret, and so, of course, I had a student come up and go, well, what's your secret, Sifu? I think you were standing right there, and you were like, he's not going to give you his secret? I will give my secrets. (laughs) So... You get students that just, uh, you know, and he's in a particular hurry to learn everything, although he's only been there about six months. So do you get some students that uh, are in a particular hurry? All the time. I mean,
1: people have to realize the way I, I would describe, you know, learning martial arts, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. And you're not going to learn everything at once. And sometimes certain skills and certain secrets Uh, develop over time and I think that's one of the fun things about being a martial artist that sometimes you can develop uh, a skill and it kind of becomes your skill Uh, it can be your your kicking techniques flexibility uh, even your mind whatever skill you develop uh, is yours and unique to you and that kind of becomes your own thing
0: well I know that uh You know, my skill would be different than your skill. Um, Just we even study different arts, and we fight differently, and uh, it may not necessarily be the same, or it it could, you know, depending on a tactic or strategy. Um, I even remember the story. I came out to your school one time and shared a little of my art, and you had the one student that said, oh, this really speaks to me. Uh, I want to train here, but can I come train with you? I said, well, what I'm showing you is in your art, too. You just may not have got there yet. And I think he persisted. And finally, you shut him down when you said, uh, how long you been here? Six months? You think you got it all yet? <laughs> I remember that story. But, I mean, I mean, you're
1: right, Sifu. I mean, like with anything, it, it takes time. And if you're not um, being patient, um, we, we live, in a, live in a world where we get instant gratification. And one thing about traditional martial arts is that um, it doesn't have that instant gratification. Um, I would equate martial arts. If I'm going to use a food analogy, it's like collard greens. You want good collard greens (laughs) take time to cook. You're not going to have instant collard greens are not good. Collard greens take time. They take seasoning. You know, if you want good collard greens, you got to let them, you know, stir in that pot for a little while, Mm -hmm. but once they're done, they're delicious.
5: I'm hungry now. I just want to let you know that.
0: <laughs> so, also, what I really liked about the movie was, one, they used the term paper tigers, and that's what they had become. You know, they were martial artists. They were resting on their reputations and hadn't trained in a long time. And, you know, it's it's got, a, it's got Master Ken in it from the uh, series Enter the Dojo. And he does a fantastic job. And, and he stayed training. And uh, he is just a comedy genius. When you watch the movie, you'll really get it, that he's a comedy genius. Uh, his timing is impec- impeccable. And, uh, so what did you think about, you know, we're in the martial arts. We still train. Uh, in fact, we'll, when we do our, our podcast on the tournament scene, We'll talk more about uh, having done that and still competing in some things. But what do you think about uh, the term paper tigers? And where do you see, you know, we had talked about some of the arts um, the last time and some of these different arts. Do you think that with the paper tigers around, that some of these traditional arts are going to die out?
1: Yes. um, In fact, what has happened to the traditional arts is people are okay with being a paper tiger. People are okay with having a reputation as a great martial artist, but not, once again, we're talking about those skills, not developing those skills anymore. Uh, Maybe they've gotten to a certain point and they feel like they've made it. Um, And one thing that we've learned from doing the arts for so many years is that you never quite make it to the top of the mountain. There's always something else to learn. There's always another skill to achieve. And we're always trying to get to a higher level. And some people, you know, they kind of stop and they just say, well, you know, I'm good with that. Or, you know, maybe they already have a lot of students or a successful school. And so at the end of the day, they're okay with their reputation just being, you know, grandmaster, whatever that person's name is, you know, I have this many schools, I have this many black belts. But no, I think you should always be training, going to a higher level. Um, One, because you should be an example to your students. And two, that's what the martial arts is about.
5: So I have a question because even though I heard the title like five times before, I thought I knew, but I probably don't. What exactly is a paper tiger?
1: The best way I would describe a paper tiger is somebody who... Uh, okay, I'm going to use a little bit of slang. Okay. It's all bark, no bite. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you maybe have achieved a certain level in your art, and maybe maybe you do have some skills, but maybe you stopped training. Or mm-hmm. maybe um, you... Um, you know, you, you've done some great things, but, you know, there, there's more to achieve, and, and you're not using all of your potential. Um, so you have become great in name only and not in action. You know, you see it a lot of times in sports where people who were once, you know, stars and athletes, uh, you know, eventually they fall off, you know. Mm-hmm. Father time is undefeated, and, you know, they live based off their reputation, and and maybe not currently what they're doing anymore. So mm-hmm. to me, that that's a paper tiger. Somebody who is, like I said, all bark, no bite.
0: You know, I've seen it a lot with, uh, I knew some friends. Uh, well, one of my students and his cousin, uh, when he was uh, a teenager, had achieved a black belt in Taekwondo. And so when my students started training, he had trained with me for about a year and uh, his cousin was like yeah i i did taekwondo uh and so he decided well hey let's go outside we'll do some sparring he hadn't done taekwondo in 10 years I mean, he got that black belt when he was a teenager then he's all upset when he got beat you know so that's kind of a paper tiger also okay. that uh you know he's he still felt hey and i see that a lot in uh In in some of the arts, they achieve a black belt, and a lot of people believe that's the end, Uh, and they won't continue on. They won't uh, take that next level, second degree, third degree, fourth degree, or with us, it's the black sash, or an instructor level. Uh, They think, okay, well, I'm done. I'm done training, but that's, you know, it really is when training starts, and so... He didn't have that uh, that skill anymore I mean, he may have been really a good good spar or a good fighter back when he was 16 when he achieved the black belt but he was 26 at that time hadn't stretched out hadn't practiced. hadn't been to the to the uh, dojang for Taekwondo that's a Taekwondo school of dojang mm-hmm. he hadn't been there in many years so he didn't uh, he didn't get it I mean, like, you
1: know, just like you, Coven, I mean, you're a car guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you stay ingratiated with, you know, what's going on in the vehicle industry. Yep. And if you don't continue to increase your knowledge Mm -hmm. about what's going on with technology and and different driving methods and just things in general, I mean, of course, you're going to lose touch with that. And that's what happens. That's basically how Paper Tigers come about. Oh, well, you know. 20 years ago, I was this, okay, but it's not that 20 years ago. That was 20 years, years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's different now.
5: I had a, um, well, that brings something to me. I had a, I was working on someone's car a long time ago, and their husband, oh, you know, I was ASC certified about, you know, 19 years ago, and I know this problem, I've seen it before, but I'm over, I'm, I'm looking at the, um, for those that don't know, um, cars that don't run on ignition coils, have spark plug wires that are connected to the spark plugs that run to a distributor. Well, he hooked six he hooked two of the six spark plugs correctly. But 19 years ago you were ASC certified. That car to be fair wasn't 19 years old, but it was also made in 2004. That was around when you, you know you were top of your game, but now, you know, oh, I know that problem. Have you done this? Have you done that? You should know this. But two out of six car was running rough so but but that pretty much a paper tiger i mean in the car industry themselves i mean there's a lot of guys that that do that um but the real guys like i shared with chris a long time ago i mean a real technician always stays on upcoming technology you could be 60 and still know everything from 60 years ago to now that's a real technician Real techs don't work in the moment. They work for the future. Which I guess would be in terms of always staying on your skills and staying on, you know, upcoming everything.
1: I like what you just said. You know, you... I mean, and, and that's why in the martial arts community, um, in some respects, I'm happy to see that uh, MMA has taken off because now you see a lot of traditional arts going back to their roots of saying look, we got to stop being these paper tigers because we have people out here who are practicing fighting. And a lot of traditional arts got away from their fighting techniques and their fighting traditions. And so now you see people going back to that. And and hopefully in the next couple of years, however long it takes, you'll start to see a resurgence back in the traditional martial arts.
0: That's one of the great honors I've have is when uh, in people who have uh mastered or at least have great proficiency in different arts come to my school and you know oh you guys fight man this is where I want to be because I, I, so many schools don't don't fight anymore uh, and so you know I, that's a great honor to me that they see value in, in what I teach and I always like to learn from them you know I have a gentleman there who's in his 40s and started Tang sudo when he was seven I mean, his kicks are off the chart. You know, and that's something I can learn and my students can learn. And so it, it's always, to me, a great honor that somebody sees value in, in what we do and will we'll come and study. So, well, we've got more of the Paper Tigers interviews, and that'll be a lot of this podcast, but we wanted to go ahead and speak a little bit on it. So, we had a conversation, we were talking to them about. Uh, well, Delmar, you asked him uh, of some of the uh, stars they have in the movie, Master Ken and Marshall Club. So
1: this question is for the director and the producer. So you guys got some really, really great talent in the movie, especially Master Ken
2: and Marshall Club. How did you guys get them involved in this? Yeah, so starting with Master Ken, uh, Matt Page, He uh, he's a uh, based out of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, actually. And so we had a couple of mutual friends between our producer Yuji Okamoto, who was also known as Chosen, and Cobra Kai and Karate Kid. Uh, he was one of our producers, so he reached out uh, to his mutual friend or a stunt coordinator that often works with Matt, uh, just to set up a call. And we just had a uh, nice little chat with him, but we weren't at a point where we were ready to make the movie just yet. Uh, we kept him in mind, and uh, when it came, uh, maybe about a year and a half, I think the, the way he tells it, he thought he lost the role or something. But it took us a while to kind of get everything together. Uh, And then we called him up and said, you ready? Let's do this. And he he was happy to come on board. Uh, So that was great. And then Marshall Club, incredibly talented, two brothers based out of Orange County. Uh, And uh, I had worked with Andy before on a short called The Challenger. It's a fight short. Um, And so he's a really, really great kid. And we loved working with him. So we thought had him definitely kept him in mind to bring him on for the next, uh, for the kind of the feature version. And also his brother, Brian. So it was a great opportunity to have both of them. Uh, come on board. And, uh, you know, if anyone's seen their channels, both Enter both, uh, the Dojo and Marshall Club, uh, definitely check out those channels. They're really, really entertaining in their own way.
0: For those uh, in the car world and may not know who Master Ken is, um, there's a unique show on YouTube. You can watch, uh, it's about five seasons of something called Enter the Dojo. Uh, it has a lot of neat personalities on there and one of the main people are Master one of the main persons is Master Ken, uh, as he teaches his uh, martial arts students in his art of Ameridote. Uh, but I'm not as familiar with martial club. Delmar, give us a rundown on martial club. Well, martial club are a group of talented young martial artists
1: who um, do you know various styles of martial arts. Uh, one of them, Daniel Ma, actually does uh, my Kung Fu style, which is Northern Shaolin. Uh, he's a very excellent martial artist. And um another cool fact is uh if you uh are a Marvel fan, uh the upcoming Shang-Chi movie or or has already come out, um, you know, depending on you know where you are in the world. Um one of the Martial Club members, Andy Lee, uh is actually in that movie. He is the Death Dealer, um, and he does some really cool stuff. So they have really been getting their name out there and, uh, been in a lot more movies. And so, uh, they have a channel on YouTube. If you're a martial artist or you just like, uh, watching people do cool, you know, martial arts tricks and techniques and talk about, uh, some of the other aspects of martial arts that maybe you don't always see in martial arts channels. They're a great channel to check out. So, yeah.
0: It was pretty amazing to see, uh, see these people out there. Um, and of course, Matt Page, he is, he is Master Ken, uh, is an extremely talented uh, martial artist and comedian. Um, so, check that out on YouTube. So, we had a really good time interviewing these uh, actors, producers, um, the director at the World Gwosh- at the United States Wosho Tournament. Uh, it's a tournament both Delmar and I go to every year. It happens in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, pretty much exclusively Chinese martial arts. Uh, everything from uh, full contact fighting, sword fighting, uh, some of the best forms and uh, weapons competitors in the world. Uh, Delmar, you've had some success there with some of your students, as I have. Uh, what can you say about it?
1: I would say Quoshu is probably one of the best uh I would say tournaments on the East Coast, especially if you're if you feel like your students or yourself, you feel like you're, um, you know, you're pretty good and you want to really test your skills. That is a great place to go do it. Uh, Like you said, from full contact fighting to forms to weapons fighting, um, they pretty much have it all. And uh, these are the best of the best. Uh, And they come from all over the world. And trust me, I think uh, you're going to get your money's worth and learn something from the experience.
0: You definitely, we want to give a, a shout out to uh, Master Wong and uh, for setting us up so we could put that interview together. Uh, it's uh, usksf.org, uh, or you can Google USKSF or United States Guoshu Koushu Federation, and you can find them uh, and learn all about the tournament. As always, hit us on social media too. We will be uh, putting links up to the tournament. I posted some pictures from that tournament uh, in the past, and it's always a great, fantastic time when we can get together uh, in the spirit of kung fu. And I've got a little bit of trivia, as I always do. So, 1966, the very first Shaw Brothers movie, Come Drink With Me, was produced and written that started the entire genre of kung fu movies. Also, May 13th, 1950, the very first modern Formula One race was held. That's what we have today. Time for please check out our social media. Leave any questions or comments there, including topics you might want to hear on our podcast. Thanks again to our super producer, Bonnie, coming from her Recording Studios, a.k.a. her living room in downtown Mint Hill, North Carolina. Thank you so much, Bonnie Lee. And we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you.